Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. In light of what was a very busy week on the macro calendar, we are joined today by Senior Economist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, Brian Rose, to provide some thoughts and reflections on the macro data points we have received over the past week. So with that, Brian, thank you for joining us. So let me go through the data. It was quite a lot this week. First, we had the CPI for August, and this was mostly in line with expectations. The headline rising six-tenths month over month on higher gasoline prices. The core, which excludes food and energy, that was up three-tenths, slightly slightly above consensus. But one of the big stories here was that shelter prices were up only three-tenths month over month. Uh, this has been the main driver of inflation. And earlier in the year, we were printing eight-tenths month over month, and this time down to three-tenths. If you exclude shelter, the headline CPI inflation rate was only 1.9% year over year. So, you know, below the Fed's 2% target. And, you know, so we're not quite there yet if you're the Fed, but there has been, you know, clear progress in bringing inflation down. Keep in mind that we have data on new rental leases, which is showing very little increase in rents, and the CPI data lags those leases by around 12 months. So you can be sure that uh, shelter inflation will continue to slow and help to bring you know, the overall inflation rate down. Uh, now, we also had August retail sales coming in stronger than expected at six-tenths month over month, but there were downward revisions to prior months. And uh, overall, the data really wasn't that, uh, you know, that much better than expected if, if you account for these downward revisions. Now, one thing to keep in mind when you talk about retail sales is, is the narrative for a long time for U.S. consumers has been, well, when the pandemic hit, there was a huge surge in demand for goods, and now we're shifting back towards services. This has been the narrative up until now, but this isn't happening in the data. So uh, whether you look year-over-year or year-to-date, the real consumption of goods has actually risen a bit faster than consumption of services. And this helps retail sales because retail sales are focused more on on the good side. So we have to be careful how we interpret uh, this data if you look at the Atlanta Fed's GDP now tracking estimate for the third quarter, that was actually uh, the estimate for consumption growth was actually revised lower after the retail sales release. So again, that's a function of the the downward revisions to uh, prior months, but it's still showing consumption growing at a three and a half percent rate in the third quarter, and GDP is at four point nine percent. So you know, still looking. Uh, strong uh, that the actual GDP data will be released at the end of October, so you know, still a few weeks away, lots of data to come, but you know, it's looking like third quarter will be another above-trend quarter, and in my view, there's no way that the Fed will declare an end to the hiking cycle until uh, growth slows to, to something below trend. Okay, now Continuing on with the data, we had the NFIB survey of small businesses, and here there wasn't much change. 
the percentage of businesses that are raising prices, which is you know obviously an important inflation indicator, that has been trending lower but ticked up in in uh, this time in in the August data. Uh, also, the percentage of companies saying they have unfilled uh, job openings uh, that uh, was down a bit, but still at 40%. So from a historic perspective, still in still lots of companies saying that they you know they they have uh, job openings. Um, and more on the inflation front, we had the producer price index uh, that came in a bit above ex- expectations, a headline at seven tenths month over month, the core at uh, three tenths. And uh, one of the stories here is that you had the huge price surges when the pandemic started, and then as the bottlenecks ease and things started to normalize, you had these big drops. So a good example is lumber prices, which went shooting up something like 400% early in the pandemic and then came back down. And you know, as it came back down, that created some deflationary pressure. But this uh, you know, story is, has more or less played out. So you have less of these items which are falling from the you know, very, very high levels early in the pandemic. And that's giving us uh, you know, a little bit... Uh, uh, higher inflation at the at the producer level. Okay, and uh, then the final we had industrial production for August out this morning. It was up four tenths. Uh, manufacturing output was up uh, one tenth month over month. And if you look year over year, manufacturing output was down six tenths. So you know, we've been saying manufacturing sector is in a mild recession, and I think you know, this is still the case. And as you may have seen. So this morning, the UAW has called a strike against the automakers. So the good news is that it's a limited strike, but the bad news is that for the first time, they're striking against all three of the big automakers instead of just one. Now, at the, you know, initially, this affects 13,000 out of the 146,000 UAW workers, so you know less than a tenth of the workers are are on strike. Uh, my guesstimate is that the hit to GDP from the strike is less than a tenth of a percent, so not not very big. But the consequences will grow the longer the strike goes on, and uh, of course, if it ends up involving all of the UAW workers, then you're talking about a more significant uh, hit to the economy. Uh, you can expect the Biden administration will try to limit the damage from the strike. But uh, I, I think in, in the worst case of a, of a long strike that involves all of the UAW, there will be significant hit, uh, especially, you know, as we're talking about manufacturing sector is already not, you know, hasn't been looking great. And, uh, you know, without auto production, uh, the data up until now would have looked uh, considerably worse. So, you know, growing uh, uh, auto production was one of the things helping to limit, uh, you know, how bad manufacturing sector looks. So, you know, not not the great news uh, for, for the sector or, or the economy. We'll have to keep an eye on how this uh, strike progresses. Okay, now turning to the next week, the big event is the FOMC meeting on Wednesday. I think there's you know basically zero percent chance that the Fed's hiking at this meeting, but it's also too soon for them to uh, to remove the tightening 
bias in their forward guidance. So as I've been talking about, you need the economy to slow before the Fed will feel comfortable saying, okay, we're done raising rates. And, you know, even if inflation continues to make progress, you need the economy to to slow to really say, that, okay, the, the rate hiking cycle is over. Uh, now, I think there's going to be a lot of focus, uh, obviously, on what Powell has to say, but also on the, the, the dot plot. So, you know, it's the first time we're getting the dot plot uh, revised since uh, June. And I think that 2023 dots will be roughly evenly split between calling for one more hike this year and, and no hike. So this will leave the, the outlook uh, you know, un, uncertain. And also, I think market is very interested in the 2024 dots uh, because they're trying to figure out how you know how many rate cuts we should price in for next year. And these dots may go a bit higher because the economy has been stronger than expected, and that implies you need rates to stay higher for longer to get inflation back on the path towards two percent in 2025. That you know you had in in the June. Uh, you know, projection. So you know, a lot of a lot of interest in uh, in, in what the Fed projects uh, for, for rates going forward. And in terms of data, next week is a very light week. Mostly we get housing related data, housing starts, building permits, existing home sales, and also the NAHB survey of home builders. You know, um, of course, very high interest rates are weighing on the sector, but things are starting to look uh, like they're they're stabilizing. Third quarter, um, residential investment will probably turn positive for the first time in several quarters. So, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how how this data progresses in the face again of a very high rate. Okay, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Rose. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.